Roots FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Crumbling Empires. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, December 21st in the year 2023. We are in an interesting time right now as we start to watch the Towers of Babylon fall. And that means every institution that was, has been part of this tyranny is also suffering the pains of collapse. That's by design on one level, but it's also a great opportunity for the American people to start preparing to take back their nation. This is truly an interesting time because the design by the World Economic Forum was to collapse all the institutions, to break the will of the people, to have them hate government to such a degree that they ultimately would turn to a one-world government and beg the one-world government to step in and to be their savior. That's all part of the design of creating a one-world religion, which the Catholic Church has been a big part of, to set that up in Dubai or Qatar, wherever they've set that up. All of these things are designed to collapse the world system so everybody turns to a common body and says, please help us, save us, take us away from this, the whole extension of the ridiculous rapture concept of the of take me away and take me out of this fight. And the whole idea behind it was to break the will of the people. There's a lot that goes into doing something like that. Yuri Bezmenov, he was a, a KGB agent that defected to the United States that literally laid out the plan that we're living through today that has been set up over the many years. We're going to look at that in reflection of where we are and the challenges ahead as we fight for the will of the people versus the desires of a tyrannical state. Now, Patriots, before we get going tonight, one thing that's exceedingly clear is that food is a weapon system, and you have to be prepared to handle food as a weapon system, meaning they're going to try to take it away. They're going to try to break your back. They're going to try to make you be at their own will of them. They want to make it so that the things that you depend on, particularly food, are out of your control. That comes from all the disasters that they create, the staged events, the, the wars, the riots, all these things that are coming. They want to make sure that ultimately they can control you just simply through starvation. It's one of the oldest strategies in the book. All of these problems we face, easily fixed, but they know they're not going to fix them because the ultimate idea is to break it down, you and I, to make us comply to their will, and we won't let that happen. My Patriot Supply is America's largest supplier of emergency food and preparedness, and we currently have a great special going on on their four-week emergency food kit. $60 off. Head on over to preparewithbards.com. That's our website, preparewithbards.com. And you can take advantage of this great sale. It's 2,000 calories per meal, great flavoring meals, and multiple things to eat per day so you don't get bored. Also to keep your energy up. And these have a shelf life of 25 years. So it's a great time to purchase one for every member of the family to get yourself prepared with a baseline of at least 30 days worth of food. And that is a way to ensure that whatever comes, you can be prepared and pivot. And it's a foundational piece, even for if you have good emergency food ahead of you, with you right now, a good emergency food plan. It's never... Time is never a time that it isn't good to add more to that system. So again, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, and take advantage of the great sale. It's awesome. We have an issue in our country that are dealing with an in designed collapse of everything, using everything they can to literally control us, to break us, to influence us, and to, in the end of the day, to break us down to such a low level that we do not have the ability to function anymore as a people. That's ultimately it. And so with that, there is this whole intention and understanding that we are going to give in to their will. Now, part of this design was an instrumental design. And it was an instrumental design to be able to systematically go through and introduce the corrupted elements in society. They're using influence aspects. And influence warfare has been in place since easily since the 60s. There's drugs, there's the sexual revolution, there's the destruction of the family, and the family has always been the target of this. And this is why this interview is so important, and we will get it playing in, within the next 24 hours. Because 
I want you to hear this. It's a very, very important interview to understand how they have seen, the, when I say they, those in power, and KGB was an extension of the deep state, so understand that, that they have seen the war against the family as real from day one. And that is such a critical aspect to understand and to appreciate. They have seen the war against the family as critical since day one. And in order to break America, you have to break the family. And that means being corrupted elements from homosexuality to this LGBTQ nonsense, trans, these gender, transgender surgeries, the flipping of the confusion of things, to getting people to believe in things that actually aren't true. And all of that's done through a mass influence campaign that has been happening in every tier of our society. And every tier that comes in and everything that comes into us, they have been trying to influence that. And that's where education becomes so critical. Now, when we look at the Soviet Union, you have to distinguish the Soviet Union between, between Soviet Union and Russia. Soviet Union is the communist state that was essentially put in place by the deep state. That originated with Lenin, who was backed by German intelligence, who was trained and ushered into Russia secretly on a train. And then he led the Bolsheviks, which were backed by the West, to topple the czars and then to install through the Bolshevik Revolution a power-mongering group that was templating a future design for deep state operations. That cost Russia literally between Lenin and Stalin and, and the wars that cost Russia 40 million people is what that cost was. So if when you look at Russia today and you're seeing what's going on and you understand the position that they're taking when they have become a hyper-nationalist nation, they've become a pro-Christian nation, understand the fight that they went through and the suffering they've had to endure. Now, I'm not waving Russia's flag as saying they're better than us or so forth, but let me tell you, they have their... They have suffered to get to the place that they're at. And the word they have gone through is a loss of over 40 million of their citizens between World War II and the gulags that were set up to export people of, of stature or people that resisted the communist movement. That model then was intended to be the common model here. And as then that's what they're trying to get us to. They're trying to get us to a point where you're going to start seeing the tyranny round people up and start to kill them off. And they're having a hard time getting some of this in place, even though, trust me, this government that we call a government, which is a tyrannical representation of who we are, they're, a, they're hijacked. We've been hijacked by a pedophile elite that truly is a criminal, global criminal mob. Their vision is to continue the idea of FEMA camps and roundups and to create so much chaos that people don't, people have no way of living. That's part of the influx of the fighting age males that are coming across the border. They want to create terror and destruction, totally destroy everything from within so that there'll be a call out for international help so we can bring in Chinese and other foreign soldiers onto our ground and they can open up the doors with the agreements they've already set in place by Obama to have the UN take U.S. police uniforms and step in the line so that you have non-U.S. citizens policing U.S. people. That's part of the globalist plan. And this is what this administration is fast-tracking everywhere anyway, which is to allow illegal aliens to start non-citizens to start being able to function as policing officers within our country. And that's what the Defense Department's doing, which is to fast-track people that are non-U.S. citizens into a, not just a green card, but a full citizenship if they will sign up and serve. All of this plan comes together to see how they were working to destroy the structures, the infrastructures, and to break them down so that the empire itself is being destroyed from within. The empire that we knew as the United States is being eroded from within. And that is, on one hand, their plan. Our plan is opportunity. And opportunity, every time something like this happens, you have to look at the positive to say we can move into these places and usurp what they're doing. But the reality is that they've been moving very quickly. And unfortunately, most Americans have been asleep. The majority of America remains asleep and just bewildered by what's happening, trying to point at specific things to say, it's this, it's that. We need to get a new president in and we need to vote out a new Congress. None of this is going to work. The, the election system is completely rigged, completely rigged. So it really shouldn't come as any surprise. The Democrats right now are expected to win all the slots in 2024 because they own the system. And when we say Democrats, all you're seeing is emerging from the deep state into one brand. The, the quiet force behind the Democrats has always been the Republicans. And this is why you have to be very careful about this, this bipolar politics we have. Because behind this whole thing has been the Republican Party, which has been instrumental in bringing forth this new world order model. They have been really the engine behind it. 
The Democrats, as I've said many times, are that uncomfortable and noisy and irritating uncle in the room that drinks too much during the holidays, says the wrong things, gropes the family, and you want to kick him out. But what they're doing now is you're starting to see a migration towards democratic control because that's becoming increasingly the front face of all operations. They're in the open now. Their intent is to create an environment of so much intensity and hatred towards America that the, that the people that they bring in will be in alignment with them. They will be giving all the services to these new illegal alien class. They'll be providing all the money to these people. They'll be fast-tracking cartel members into the banking system, into the, whole, into the whole structure of the United States, so that everything you interact with is the criminal mob, and anybody that's outside of that is the group of people that is repressed and suppressed and persecuted. This is the, where the direction that they're steering all of this so that there's, in their mind, there is no possible way that the United States can recover from this with a broken family, corrupted children, birth rates that are too low, children that have been mutilated by surgeries, giving a sacrifice to Ball and Mullock in part of their process, abortions that are off the chain as they traffic the body parts and make more money. Child sex trafficking that's off the chain that people are so bewildered that they're not even paying attention to the 750,000 plus children that are moving that are part of U.S. citizen ownership, let alone the children that are coming across the border in mass. And all of those children are funding and fueling a mass economy that's out of our reach. It is their economy. Their economy is the economy that is bases their, tra their power on children, the trafficking of children, the exploitation of children, the use of children in the various forms that they do. So this thing all waters down ultimately to kids and families. And this war has been staged and planned that way from the very beginning. So it's really a question for all of us as to, you know, where do we go with this? Because as we continue to play along with the system, we continue to work with, you buy at Walmart, you're buying at Target, you're buying at all these agencies that are literally part of the problem. If, if you have a company like Target that's putting in bathrooms we're not even putting in bathrooms. They're allowing men into women's bathrooms, whatever the reason. You can understand that the leadership in that is not going to be beneficial to anything we do, nor is any bit of your money going to be beneficial. And this is one of these things that if people don't start understanding what we're doing, every time you spend a dollar in one of these places, you're contributing to their increased power and reach to destroy you, destroy your family to go after your kids. That's the intent. And that's how they get everything locked into a big circle to where it feeds on itself. And they sit back and laugh as we simply take ourselves and it's literally the Ouroboros with a snake with his tail in its mouth that consumes itself and we sink ourselves as they then come in and say, we're here to help. That's the classic. And they want to be that savior for us because once people get to that place, they will give away anything. Here's proof. In 9-11, the staged event of 9-11 that was caused a terrorist attack, which was really Mossad and other agencies who had used micro nanothermite that they had literally painted on the columns and the walls of that building. And they lit it off and they called it a terrorist attack. And with a, some use of some very effective video editing and some other visual techniques, they put in planes that never existed. And so people believed the lie. And, and on top of that, they pushed the fear so hard that people couldn't separate the fact that there, were, there was an attack made on two buildings in the United States, even though we had another one that dropped without any attack on it. Quite amazing, actually. But there were two buildings that were attacked, and there was over 3,000 people that were killed. But the entire country got in such a frenzy of fear that it handed over all of its rights under the Patriot Act and didn't even blink an eye. It was okay. The government was here to help us. Go fight a war. Go kill people. That's what we wanted. No rational thinking, nothing. Just lead us down that path of complete and total destruction and send us over. Send our boys over to fight a war that would be an endless war for years, that would sacrifice many and leave many maimed and wounded for a lifetime. And all of that was done off of simply two buildings in the United States. When it came to COVID-Con, all they needed was a few cases, which started, if you remember, one was in Seattle, one was down in L.A., and then the media hype. And the next thing we know, that people were wearing masks and, and hoarding toilet paper. Literally. The public lost its, its collective mind. And much of this is they're, they're testing as they go along. They are testing frequency weapons to try to manipulate people and to see how they can manipulate behavior. 
They did this in Rwanda. This is how they caused the, the war and civil war in Rwanda by using frequency transmitters, which is the same type of transmission of 5G from air, airborne mounted systems, planes, to cause a frenzy in the, in the mental thinking so that people ended up taking machetes to one another and they caused a blood civil war. All they have to do is get it started. And once they get it started, the rest is taken care of itself. It is important to realize that you're dealing with a level of people throughout our government that are so messed up. They are so off course. They have sold their soul so deeply. You will never get them back. Now, there's going to be people that argue that with them. You're going to say, well, we can save them. I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to tell you right now. And I know a whole bunch of other people aren't going to bother either. Where they need to be saved is when they can go to the throne and we can send them there. We can send them there to judgment and God can take care of that. But the destruction that they're doing to the children, the destruction they're doing to this nation is treason. And there is no compromise for that. There's always the place that we will pray for people, always the place that we'll help them, give them the opportunity to seek Christ and seek forgiveness and repentance. But the farther we go down this path, the less room there is going to be for that to happen. And, that, and though that becomes our first, first line of attack, it's always the thing to understand that these people are going to continue to do what they do. And though we will see the separation truly at the deepest levels of the wheat from the chaff, those that are truly convicted to destroying this nation versus those that have been compliant within. And you will see that separation occur. Much of that is a spiritual fight right there. But at the end of the day, there is an evil that we face. And it's an evil that you must be ready to confront at every level. And you must be willing to front it, confront it first and foremost in the mightiness of the sword of the spirit. But you have to, like Peter, keep a sword of steel at your side. That's, that's the truth of where we walk now. And this is, and everything's on the line. Now this morning, this, and we had a late bended knee today, but in bended knee, we were praying against the strongholds and the, and, the, and the locks and binds that are happening within our border patrol to try to free their minds to see what's really going on. And we should continue to wage war against those strongholds. That is part of how we wage war. But there is a dark evil here that will do everything it can, and you have to be prepared to draw that line and defend your community. That's why we have the Second Amendment. And our founding fathers understood that. But you will notice as well that the First Amendment was put there for a particular reason. Because it's not just freedom of speech. It's freedom of religion. And that means our faith. And what's the one thing they keep going after, which is our faith? They, go, they attack this over and over and over because they understand the mightiness of the sword of spirit. They are afraid of it. They are afraid of the sons of, of the Most High of coming forward and being mighty in this time. They are afraid of kingdom-level warfare. And we will wage that war. But these people are purely evil. And there's no, there's, the, and we can argue all day about are they the people, are they the demonic, and it's probably both to a certain degree because some of these hearts have just been turned dark. And that's the sad reality of where we've come to. And the government itself has become such a distorted institution of power that it truly believes that it is better than the people. It is a God in itself and it will do everything it can to support itself. And those that are part of it now are increasingly trying to defend it so that they can preserve their lifestyle. They can preserve their income. They can preserve their pensions. They can preserve their comfort of their family. While Americans that are out here fighting to save this nation are being repressed. There's your fighting line right there. And it's one of the things that we keep praying into and keep talking into is the truth in speaking truth into the heart is there are so many people out here in our government that are participant in the problem. They have gone from being citizens of the United States to members of the opposing force to even at certain points being the prison guards at the prison. This country that we're in now is a living prison. We have a tyrannical government that doesn't, wants to restrict your movement of how you move and move about. Everything they do, they're trying to continually constrict what we can do. And everything they do is to continually extract from you and I everything that they can to reinforce their policies, expand their power, and continue the march forward of, of wiping out the American people. Let's just get to the bottom line here, which I think is very, very important to understand. And we can never, ever forget this piece here. This government, this government pluralized that. That means Congress in its fullness. That means the House of Representatives and the Senate. It means the executive branch, the legislative branch, the, the, the judicial branch, the three major branches of our government were all in alignment 
in mandating these vaccines. At one point or another, they were all in alignment. They may have pulled back on some of that, but nobody got in the way of that. The Pentagon was full force in enforcing a mandate without choice on soldiers in our nation. These people knew what this vax was. They can tell you all day long they didn't understand. They're lying. Because lobbyists were already in their office paying off money to get them to pass this thing. And they knew. And the problem is now they all know the truth. And how many people do you see coming in and trying to say, well, we should pull it back? They don't want to because they know what it means. They know that if the truth comes out publicly in the full spectrum of that, every single one of them will face crimes against humanity, which is far greater than treason. They have tried, they have violated the Nuremberg Code, every one of them, to force an experimental drug injected into people knowing very well that it was going to cause severe harm and damage to the body. And doing so with a propaganda war to force people in compliance or to break them emotionally and spiritually, even to the point of forcing them into suicide if they didn't agree. This is the government we have. This is the structure of leadership we have in our nation, at, at, in the Pentagon. This is the structure of leadership we have in our corporate boardrooms. This is the structure of leadership you have in your education system. So when you look across the spectrum of that and you see the empires that were created, and we start to say, well, the empires are crumbling, this is when I get excited because as they crumble, they become vulnerable. And who do they become vulnerable to? We the people. And it's necessary. They have to be exposed, and ultimately they have to be held accountable. The thing that everyone has to get in their heart, because this is a hard one, people want to forgive and move on. That is a nature of a very ill-appropriated version of Christianity. It is the idea that I shall forgive and then they've gone to this next place and forget. That is not the way forgiveness works because you can never have forgiveness without still having accountability. God does not take away accountability, though forgiveness is given. And the problem we have is, is a very watered down, very softened, very limp-wristed Christian faith that has permeated every one of our churches and most of our pulpits. And our pulpits were where this country was built. It's the origins of the Black Robe Regiment. It's the strength of what we had behind us. We had pastors. They were speaking out against tyranny. Great piece I heard today was put it this way. We don't have pastors on a large perspective anymore. We have teachers. Teachers who want to teach you about Scripture. They want to teach you about things. What they're not talking about is the fire of God that God has within your heart. They're not talking about the fire to take the Scripture and stand up and be mighty and flip tables. They're not pushing people. They're not pushing people to just go beyond and to be in that place where you say, I am going to be that one that flips tables in my own community. No, quite to the contrary. They're trying to pull people back. And in pulling people back, they're trying to protect them and protect the church. And what are they ultimately trying to protect? Their income flow, which comes from the offering, to, offering plate. It's a sad state of affairs that we're in. And our churches have been so severely weakened that the message that needs to get out to the people just isn't happening. And so there is a large body of people that should be out here on the front lines that if they were in the millions like there are, much of what we're dealing with right now would not exist. But even look at what happened when churches got closed. People went along with it. And worse yet, people were asking for it. And then here's where you find the real thing. All you have to do is ask around to pastors, and I have, and it's quite interesting. They'll tell you that, yeah, we went, some I've talked to said, we, in a short period, for example, there's been a number that have, did everything they could to keep their churches open. A couple of them had to close it for a very short period of time. But here's what they said. Yeah, we, we did it. We still carried on services on Facebook. And then when we reopened the church, we didn't have anywhere near the number of people as we had before. And my, my question was, why? It's because these people ended up liking the fact they didn't really have to go to church. It's like, oh, that's cool. Now I don't really have to go. I'm going to be sick with COVID. We find the weakness of faith, and it's what we've said all along. There's this concept of faith that has permeated our culture, which is let's go on Sunday, get fixed, roll through the week, do whatever we do, come back for Sunday again, a little bit of holy water, and we're good to roll. The real focus on faith is to pray all the time, pray unceasingly. And this idea that we're living in our faith because who we are are the children of the Most High. We are here for a reason. We are here for the greatest rescue mission in the history of humankind. But our pastors don't teach that. We teach this concept that you're going to be raptured out of here. 
And everybody that follows that thing, I'm going to, and I know there's plenty out here that still believe in the rapture, and I hear it all the time. Jesus, take me away. So let me throw something at you. You've been brought here. We have all been put here in this place and time to rescue this world. And this is where God is trusting in us to be able to stand and hold that line and to do the great things of pray into things, to use our prayer warfare as mighty as we can, and to defeat this enemy. There's a strong possibility that there will be persecution. Christ told us that. You are, we follow Christ. We are told he will, you will be persecuted. So that's good. That's where we should be. But the people that are raptured, wanting to be raptured out, they want to be swept away. They want to haul pass. They want to be guided by the hand to say, okay, it's all right, Johnny. Don't worry about it. Come on over here. You don't have to go to the playground and play today. And you can just imagine this moment where they come up and they're sitting there like, hey, God, we're here. And God's going to be like, what did you do? Well, we got out of there just before the fight started. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well. I don't think that conversation is going to go like anybody thinks it's going to because we are accountable for every breath, every word, every thought, every action we take in the world, we will be held accountable for. And the accountability right now is, what are you doing to save this world? What are you doing to save the children? What are you doing to heal those that have been infected by this injection? What are you doing to, to bring back the dead of the youth that are dying prematurely because the hand of Satan itself was upon them? What are you doing to break the strongholds of the demonic that are influencing so many people and sending them under spell cast and demonic influence to do the darkest and darkest of things? What are you doing to do that? And if you're not in those processes doing that, then you're not doing our job. The short list for Jesus was very simple. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, heal the sick and the broken, cast out demons, raise the dead, and then that other great level of work, which is greater works. That's like Peter walking on water, which he actually did. All of those things are within our grasp. All we have to do is reach. And in this hour of crumbling empires, it's critical that we do. Because if we don't do that, then we have a major problem. And that problem that we have right now that's so important to understand is if we don't understand what's going on here, and we don't understand truly why we are dealing with this and what our mission is here, they're going to continue to move forward and take over and continue to ravage and destroy like they're doing. We have a mission to save this world. Rescue, heal, restore. It's not difficult. Three critical concepts. Rescue, heal, restore. Three words. And in truth, it waters down the entire Bible into three words. Rescue, heal, restore. Why we're here. But our world is still trying to figure out just even get its feet under the ground after this great ambush that we had called COVID-Con and pre preceded by many other ambushes, we now have to step into a much bigger place. That's the remnant. And the remnant's call is now. We head into this week of life. This is a celebration of life all through this period right now. And surrounding us is this whole mission of death. It's a heavy one. And it's hard. We deal with separations in families. We deal with the challenges of of the wounds of families. Many families have lost multiple family members thanks to this COVID-con death shot. These are not easy times, but this is times that we have to reach to heal. And to do that, as we've been talking about, we're literally going to have to step in and do something greater. So if you're heading into family events this week, and we're heading into the place where we're literally stepping up into the greater conversations, we have to start looking at how do, we, how do we heal a family that's broken. Here's where we go. You start with the testimonies of yourself. The vulnerable. Talk honestly about what's going on. Talk about your relationship is what's brought you in this, in this walk with Christ. What is it that you've had to go through? What you've, what you've put down before God, what you've laid down, the challenges you've faced, and be vulnerable. Because the greatest mystery of this whole thing is that when we give vulnerability, we change a conversation and we, 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 we gain greater power within God. Because that's where God reaches us the most, is our vulnerability and our honesty within who we, where we walk. It's a beautiful walk, in fact. And it's one that provides enormous, enormous benefits to all that we do. But we have a mission ahead of us. And the mission ahead of us isn't going to be one 
by anger and vengeance. When we talk about carrying a sword of steel, understand that everything I say there always is about as God leads. This isn't about us waging war individually. That's what they want us to do. They want us to hate one another. They want us to be looking at one another with eyes of distrust and and eyes of deceit and eyes of, of hatred because you didn't vote for Trump or you didn't vote for Biden or you didn't take the shot or you did take the shot. This is all just ridiculous division tactics, beautifully orchestrated. They got into the hearts of people, and people's faith was so weak that they were taken along a fairy, fairy trail that led them into the bowels of hell, and we now look at each other with discontent and discord. That's not the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, we are going to have to find within our hearts the ability to speak in from a repentant and a forgiving place. That's not weakness, trust me. That's power. That's power and kingdom. Because when we're doing that, we're working with Holy Spirit in our life. We are not walking alone out here and claiming that everybody's going to be forgiven in in the sense of no accountability. We're speaking into a world of talking of our own testimonies, our own vulnerabilities. We're telling the stories of our own journey. And in doing so, we're changing the dynamic of how people see us and how Christ works through us. And in this time of crumbling empires where so many people are looking around, trying to figure out where to go, they're trying to understand what to grab onto. They're not sure whether they can count on their paycheck next week. They don't know if they're going to have their job next week. They don't know what they have. Everything is up in the air. That's okay. What we need to continue to do as we move forward here is to continue to guide them and lead them in magnificent ways that as they start to see another path, they find clear that the truth that is before them, they can follow as the empires crumble behind them. And this is exactly what the deep state doesn't want. And that's why they continue to go after the Christians, because the Christians offer an avenue out. Why do they support the Muslims? Because at the end of the day, Muslims just, when you get the right body of the Muslims, they're emotionally inflamed, they're easily to manipulate, and they like to kill everything. And most of those people that are in that movement that have started it weren't Muslims to begin with. They were agents, agents provocateurs. They were hired and done and trained to be haters and to turn a religion on its head and unfortunately use, which is already a, it's a cult to begin with. And they used it to turn a vile hatred towards the world that wasn't anything that wasn't them. But let us not forget that we had a really good other play in that. We went to the Middle East and blew up their families. We destroyed their cultures. We did all sorts of cool things like that. And we didn't do much for building the greater body of Christ and the love and friendship that Christ intended for us. So there's been a pretty good bed laid for us to be now facing a religious war across this globe. And they want nothing more than to have that, to infuse a hatred of of one another to such a deep level that we will spend a lifetime and generations, if not eternity, in forever wars that will forever cycle us through killing each other and shedding blood on the streets. Everything they do is about causing a civil war. Everything we do has to be caused, has to be focused on creating a revolution to bring about the love and the power of Christ within this world. And when we fight a civil war with a revolution anchored in the rock of faith, the enemy has no chance. And they know that. And this is why they continue to assault us the way they do. The empires are crumbling. They've used everything they can in their resource from influence operations to staged events to bring us to these points where we turn on one another. And they've been fairly effective. The COVID con was a masterful one. And I give them tons of credit for what they've done here as far as a strategy. When I say credit, I admire how sophisticated it was because it almost worked. To a certain degree, it has worked on many. But let's now get into that as this kind of we finally turn this and wind the show down tonight because I think it's a very important principle to understand what we're missing. And here it is. I would imagine if I said to anybody, I don't care whether you're part of a rapture group or whether you're part of a, a end of times theory, wherever you are, I know where I'm at and it's kingdom. Because I truly believe that we're in a period of moving from the church era to the kingdom era. And our responsibility now is to bring the victory that Christ gave us on the cross into this world. I do not believe in rapture. I think it's a cop out completely. I think it's weakness of the heart. But that said, I would be willing to say that there's not a person I could talk to when I say this. I would say, would you like to heal people that are sick? 
And I would hear, expect them to say yes. And I don't think there's a person out there that if I speak to, that would, if I said, would you like to separate the person that's influenced from dark matters like demonic influences or, or sorts of deep, deep woundings within their, within their life and bring them to life in a way that they wouldn't need medical attention, they wouldn't need drugs, and they'd be able to live free from all the burdens of their life that were controlling them. And I would be willing to bet that most people would say yes. And if I said to somebody else, if, if you could come up to a child that dropped dead in the middle of, the, of a football game, a teenager, dropped dead because they took the vaccine, dropped dead because that vaccine took their life early, and if you could pray on them and bring them back to life, would you do it? And most people would say yes. And there you go, because that's the short list of what Christ told us to do. And that's where everything that's not taught in the churches now comes to life as to truly what the scripture should be. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick and the broken. Cast out demons called deliverance. Do the inner healing, another part of deliverance, and raise the dead. And all of that we are told that we can do. Scripturally grounded. And that's exactly what we should do. Everything, every chance we get. Because the more that we do it, the, more, the greater we become in him. The more that we do it, the more that we walk that path of the children of the Most High. And the more that we do it, the more that we destroy the enemy's plans. That's your Jesus revolution right there. It doesn't take anything more than that. You don't have to spend your time consternating about whether there's going to be a new tax or whether they're going to pass a new policy or whether Biden's going to get in office or whether Trump's going to get in office. I could care less. I really can't because I can't control that element of the attack. We can wage war against it spiritually. We can pray against those strongholds. We can be very effective at that, and we will. But the most important thing on a day-by-day basis is to bring the miracles of the living God into this world. Someone asked last night in our show, show us evidence of where humanity is winning. And my comment was, tune in on Sunday morning, every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific, and listen to the two-and-a-half-hour to three-hour prayer show and hear the testimonies we get every single week about the glories of what happens when God's miracles work through our prayers. That's how we're fighting this and winning this. And the more we do it like everything else, the stronger you get, the better you get, the more that those doors are open for you. This isn't one thing that you do one time and go, okay, all done. I expect to have it all down. There isn't an athlete in this world that would tell you that they can become a super athlete without spending years of training and discipline. There's not a soldier that you know that isn't great at their craft, like a special forces guy, isn't great at their craft that doesn't spend years doing their training. There's nobody in these fields that are great at anything that don't spend years doing it. And the question I always ask is, why aren't we spending years of our lives focused on the principles of what Christ told us to do? And that's that short list. Heal the sick and the broken, cast out demons, raise the dead. And we do it over and over. And some days you win and some days you don't. Because maybe it's not that we're winning or losing. Maybe it's just God doesn't, it's not God's way of doing it at that time. But remember, every one of our prayers are heard. And when we start doing this together, amazing things happen. This Sunday, I'm going to read a story for Christmas Eve. It's powerful. I've read it every year, but I'm really going to zero in on it hard this year because it's so important. And it's the story of the Patton's, of Patton's prayer, General Patton's prayer, and how he mandated prayer in the army, how he, he focused on one prayer for weather, and how at a critical hour on the 19th of December, that weather changed so that we didn't lose, but we were able to execute victory over the Nazis. He was a general that believed in the power of prayer. He was a general that believed that prayer was greater than any other weapon. And that's the war we wage. I'll do that prayer on, at the same time we always do peace be still on Sunday night. This is where we are. Is a choice that we have to make now, the type of fight we make. And first and foremost, we're fighting from a kingdom space. And we're bringing kingdom into this world. And as I say, you don't walk in this world anymore without carrying a sword of steel as Peter did on his hip. Because there is a time and a place that that may actually be called upon by God. But let me be clear about this. It is not our primary weapon. And it never will be and never was. And if there's one thing that Jesus teaches us in the garden, when they come to take him and Peter draws his sword masterfully and clips off the ear and leaves the person stopped and stays the attack about Jesus. We see someone who knows how to work a sword masterfully 
and we watch the true master of the sword of spirit work, for he heals the ear and brings that person to the worship of Jesus. That's powerful. And that's the fight we wage. Because there we're engaged and we are able to go after these principalities. We're able to heal the sick. We're able to, we're able to cast out the demons and raise the dead. The miracles of the living God, when they come into this world, we turn the crumbling empires into the building of a new kingdom. We take all of those that are being scattered as the walls fall and they're wondering what's happening and the deep state's laughing saying, we will get you because we're only going to give you one currency. We're only going to give you one religion. We're going to field you in and round you up. We put them, we're going to put you in FEMA camps and we should laugh. We're going to say, you tried that with Paul and he prayed and the prison doors flew open. That's the confidence we have to walk in this world with, not fear. And when we walk in that confidence and we walk in that authority that God gave us, there is nothing out here that can stop us. Nothing. Nothing. And that's what they fear the most. They fear that we will stop fearing them. They fear that we will embrace the true sense that with God there is no fear. They fear that there's nothing they can do to make our hearts quake. They fear that we will truly revive the sense of the martyrdom spirit, which says that we already have eternal life and we are here to win. And we walk that way. And as we do, we understand that we are bringing victory into this earth because this is where we live. We are not living anywhere else. As in heaven to earth. So this is such an amazing time right now to embrace what we have before us. We have victory waiting for us. And that's where we have to live. And that's what we have to be doing. And that's what we have to do every single day. So I encourage you, truly, not to be frustrated in any way. Not to get down, but to take this time and run like crazy. To step into those authorities that Jesus does and every single day work to execute them. Every single day, pray on these things. If you pray, if you hear of a young child that's falling on a field, that's dying from a vax, pray to have have him resurrected and bring life back to the dead. If you have somebody who's sick, pray for them. If you have somebody that's walking with the burdens of, of trauma in their past, pray for them. If you know somebody, if you can, and the more that you pray, the more you're going to see into the spirit. You're going to see where we should be living, not where we are living. We don't live first in the dirt world. We live in the spirit world, but we have been so inverted, so programmed, so broken that over the time, that's all we have left. And we have to get rid of that. We have to uninvert that programming. And then we will see the greater world in which we're fighting for. These demons are everywhere. Don't kid yourself. They're everywhere. And we'll, we'll find them. We'll slay them. And they know it and they're afraid of it when we do. But they're going to cause as much havoc as they can along the way. And that inner healing, that's a tough one. But it all can be done because we can heal those wounds. Christ can heal those wounds of the most severe type. And it doesn't take any medication. It just takes deep prayer and the understanding of the methods that we can use to heal those deep traumas of life. And this is how we truly set people free. And when people are set free, they become powerful weapons within kingdom. They become soldiers within the army of Christ. It's a beautiful thing. We have everything we need. Fundamentally, those four things. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick and the broken. Cast out demons and raise the dead. We follow those things. You do that every single day. There is nothing that this enemy can do. And add one more to that, which would be number five. Pray unceasingly. Pray constantly and never stop praying. When you drive, pray. When you see something, pray. Pray into it because that's the warfare where we win. They want us believing it doesn't work. And that's the part that's the fool's game. And unfortunately, when you have a church, so many churches that have been based on money and based on these corrupted principles that are there, the Leviathan has taken over so many of these churches and choked out the pastor and the pulpits to where they, the message that you get anymore is just simply so much about teaching. It's not about empowering. Teaching the words of the, of the Bible, not teaching the empowerment of the Bible. And it's the dead stone walls that then choke out the Holy Spirit. And we have to overcome that. And the true heart, the true bride of the, of the, of the church is within our hearts. So prepare your hearts. Take yourself before God. Put yourself through the refining fires and truly enjoy the glory and the time in which we live because we are truly here for this time. 
and we are here to bring victory and perform the greatest rescue mission ever in the history of man. So patriots, let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this time that we've come together. We honor these times that we have to celebrate who you are and the greatness of all that's been given to us. And we celebrate this period of time of life, life in the greatest of ways, the breathing of life, the celebration of life, the mightiness of life, and the power of breathing life into this world, to step away from the, the concepts of death, the spell castings, the framings of everything is somehow going to be terminal and instead embrace what you've given us, the power to heal, the power to restore, the power to breathe life into things. So Father, if there's a blessing I have and pray for a blessing on this entire community, it's to get the confidence and the knowledge deep within their heart to understand that we live in a time when all of these gifts and talents are available for all of us, that all we have to do is reach and say, Father, send me. Humble yourself before the throne. Walk as a humble warrior within Christ. Be confident where you are. Don't be overwhelmed with fear. Step away from fear because there is no fear when you're walking in the body of Christ. We can't control what we can't control, but we can control so much when we're praying in with Father. And when we work together, where two or three are gathered, let us pray mightily. Let us tear down the fortresses, break the strongholds, sever the, the binds that tie, and let us set free the miracles of what we are intended to be. So, Father God, we just pray for a blessing on this period of time of Christmas and this Christmas season, a blessing of life and the inspiration of life on the hearts of all that listen, to raise up this mighty body of Christ that knows that there is no victory we cannot achieve, for victory was already given to us on the cross. Guide us in this hour. Bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. What a great time to be alive. So patriots, it's Christmas season. Let's celebrate. Let's be good. Be happy. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor 
we'll lie to our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 